It wasn't a happy Valentine's Day for all, at least not for every web browser. Microsoft pulled the plug on Internet Explorer on Tuesday. Once the ruler of web browsers, Explorer is now relegated to the digital trash can of history. Internet Explorer was once the king. In 2003, it was responsible for 95% of the Internet browser market. But new challengers arose. Firefox, Google Chrome, Microsoft has even come up with their own replacement, Edge. In recent years, it's become a running punchline for its slow speeds. One person in South Korea has commissioned a tombstone for the browser. The epitaph reading, he was a good tool to download other browsers. Not much of a send-off. Time will tell which browser will be the next to join Explorer in the worldwide grave. We live in a world of improvement and replacement, but Christians know that we have Jesus, a Savior who can never be replaced or improved. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. It's another Thursday here on Haven Today. And we're continuing our series called Love by the Book. And you know, I think it's good that this series is continuing even though Valentine's Day is over. The chocolates are now half gone at the grocery stores. The nice restaurants will have more openings for reservations. And even the beautiful flowers will begin to wilt in the coming days. But love remains because it never fails. You wonder if this heart of mine will lose its desire for you. Never my love. you think love will end when you know that my whole life depends on you another love song from yesterday the fifth dimension with marilyn mccoo covering the association's hit tune never my love a little aside marilyn married another singer Billy Davis Jr., and both of them had a spiritual awakening after the Fifth Dimension days. Knowing Jesus, there they were every Sunday, worshiping their Savior at Church in the Way in Hollywood. Today, we're going to think about verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. What does the Apostle Paul mean that love is greater? Stay with me as we think deeper about God's love for us and how it transforms the way we love others and even our enemies. Now, before we hear our first opening Christian song, I hope you're like me and you love to read God's word. But I have to confess something. I don't always know where to start. Sometimes I read through a book of the Bible, like Psalms right now with my wife. Other times, When I feel the need to spend time with the Lord, I don't know where to turn. So that's one of the reasons we're sharing with you this week a helpful resource called Where to Find It in the Bible. This topical resource 
takes up where other Bible concordances leave off by using common phrases and words that'll help you find almost anything in the Bible, from barbecue to baptism. This A to Z resource has over 3,700 contemporary topics linked to passages from both Old and New Testaments, including the word love. So whether you're just curious about a topic or you're going for a deep dive into God's Word, this resource will help you find Bible passages quickly and easily. And as a thanks for your gift to the ministry, we'll send you where to find it in the Bible. You'll just need to call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can make your gift online at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And if you wanted to, but didn't get around to it, we still have the double DVD of The Hiding Place and Return to The Hiding Place for your gift as well. And now let's open with a live performance of The Love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the Inside. 
featuring Bethany Bernard and Dinah Wright, The Love of God, opening this haven today and loved by the book. I'm Charles Morris. A friend of mine went to a store on Valentine's Day. It was about four in the afternoon and the clock was ticking. And what did he see as soon as he walked through the automatic doors? A line of men looking at Valentine's Day cards. The selection was pretty picked over. And there was a definite sense of panic in the air. Would they be able to find just the right card? And why did they wait so long to try and find just the right card? Well, we'll never know that answer, but we can know one thing. Love has been important long before this holiday ever got off the ground, and it will certainly outlast Valentine's Day, too. We've been thinking about 1 Corinthians 13 on the program this week, the love chapter, as some people call it. And now we've come all the way to the end and verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I don't know about you, but I've heard this chapter read many times at many weddings I've attended. And it certainly should have a place at a wedding, and more importantly, in a marriage. After all, it's one of the greatest descriptions of love that you find in the Bible. But I think you and I can be tempted to think this is only about romantic love, the love of a husband and wife. But was this exactly what the Apostle Paul had in mind when he wrote this part of 1 Corinthians? I think not. You see, the Corinthian church was in a mess. And that's strangely comforting, isn't it? Sometimes we can see the state of churches around us today and wonder if the gospel really works if Christ is really preserving his people. But even before the apostles died, there were church problems, and they came down to a lack of love. Christians were not loving each other, or loving God as they should, just like today. And the answer, of course, was the gospel of Christ, just like today. In the chapter before this one, Paul had told the Corinthian believers that their way of looking at spiritual gifts wasn't right. The Spirit didn't give these things to God's people so they could compare themselves to one another. And so, Paul described what love was. If these Christians weren't living together like they should, then what exactly were they supposed to do? They were supposed to live together in love, selfless, sacrificial love. And that's why he said things like love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't envy, love doesn't boast, love isn't proud. And this is how believers need to treat each other. And why is that? Well, because that's how God has treated us. Think about these words from another apostle, John. He said this in his first letter. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If you want to know what 1 Corinthians 13 looks like in action, 
Just look at Jesus. He is love because God is love. In fact, maybe we can say this about him. Just listen to these words. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. Jesus does not dishonor others. He isn't self-seeking. He isn't easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Jesus never fails. Fits pretty well, wouldn't you say? And if we are his people, then these things should be true for us as well. Did you ever go on a field trip to a museum when you were in school? It was always exciting, I thought, to go on a trip with schoolmates, loading up on that bus, heading away from classes. But when you're an elementary-age kid in a museum, you have to remember something. You aren't on the playground, and it's not recess. Even though your friends there were with you, how did your teacher remind you of this important fact? Well, she or he said something like this. Remember, you're representing the school when you walk into this museum. Be the polite, ladies and gentlemen, that we know you are. Now, whether we were all polite ladies and gentlemen at that age is a different story. But what the teacher told us was basically this. Be who you are. And that's exactly what Paul was telling the Corinthian Christians. And he's telling you and me the same thing. We should be who we are. People who are redeemed by Jesus Christ. People who have the Holy Spirit at work in us. People who've been loved by God. And so we should love each other. But what does Paul mean when he says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest? Well, let's think about it this way. What do faith and hope have in common? They're both looking for something in the future. Faith rests in Jesus Christ, even though he isn't physically here with us right now. But one day we will see him face to face. And hope is much the same. One day our hope will become reality. You and I are waiting for the great blessings of living in God's presence forever. But one day our wait will be over. But what about love? Will love ever end? No, it won't. Faith will be replaced by sight. Hope will be replaced by reality. But love goes on forever. After all, when we love, we are fulfilling God's perfect holy law. And this is what Paul says in another one of his letters, the book of Romans. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law, the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. That's found in Romans 13. So will we ever outgrow the need to obey God's law? 
No, of course not. So we will be loving God and each other for all eternity. In fact, when you think about it that way, it can start you to think, if we'll be doing this forever, then we should get started now. But it isn't easy. You and I are still sinners. And we are surrounded by other sinners sinning, even in church. Just because Jesus came for sinners like you and me doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is at work in us. And so we can begin to love each other imperfectly, but sincerely. Here's how Paul describes it in Romans 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. There are a lot of practical instructions there, like practicing hospitality and be faithful in prayer for each other and honor one another. Wouldn't it be great to see these things happening in our churches more today? Well, maybe I should be careful here. These things are happening in our churches today. But what I mean is this. Wouldn't it be great to see more and more of this? If the world would look at us and think, wow, those Christians sure love each other. After all, that's how it's supposed to be. You and I have a spiritual family in Christ, Christian brothers and sisters, and family is supposed to love each other. And that's what God is calling us to do. Here at Haven Today, we love to tell the great story that's all about Jesus, and the story isn't over yet. Christ is still sending his servants to the ends of the earth with the message of the gospel. The good news is still being made known by people on every continent, and the Holy Spirit is still at work, creating love in our hearts for our Lord, as well as for each other. Not just on Valentine's Day or Valentine's Week, not just when the culture around us tells us we're supposed to love others. Jesus is calling you and me to love each other and to love everyone around us, our neighbors and especially our brothers and sisters, to pray for them, show honor to them, and be hospitable to them, to imitate our Savior's love. And he promises to help us by the power of his Spirit. That's better than any card or bouquet or box of chocolates. That's the love of our Savior. So we can respond. We need to respond. Would you respond with your own love? Brothers, let us come together Walking in the Spirit There's much to be done We will come reaching Out from our comforts And they will know us by our love See we were made for kindness We can pierce the darkness As He shines through us We will come reach.
Children, you are hope for justice. Stand firm in the truth now. Set your hearts above. You will be reaching long after we're gone, and they. by Christy Knuckles here on A Haven Today. I'm curious if you've ever tried to find a passage in Scripture related to a specific topic and you just couldn't find it. Now, I know most of my Bibles have a short topical list, a concordance at the back, but what if you were doing a study on, say, cooking? Yes, I said cooking. That might be a little harder. Well, that's what I really like about the Where to Find It in the Bible book that we have for your gift today. It uses common words, phrases, even whimsical illustrations to help you find biblical sources on a variety of subjects, traditional and even some offbeat. Yes, you can even find two verses related to janitor or many verses connected to justification. So whether you're just curious about a topic or you're going for a deep dive into God's Word, this helpful resource will guide anyone who wants to find Bible passages quickly and easily. I'd like to send you where to find it in the Bible for your gift to Haven Today. You just need to call us. Why don't you do it right now by calling 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or visit us at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And while you're there, take a look at the double feature DVD set called The Hiding Place and Return to the Hiding Place. Corey Ten Boom and her Christian family and friends helped rescue Jews during World War II. Powerful movies that you can still see today. Ask about it when you call or read more online. They're at haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow on Friday when again we'll be sharing together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today.
Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What does it mean to be successful? Our minds may immediately go to money, career, status, fame. This is what our culture has defined as success. Get these things, you'll find yourself worth, right? Maybe, but not for long. It doesn't last. But the book of Proverbs gives a different idea of success. 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. That is success. Commit yourself to the Lord in everything you do. That is success. Proverbs saying he'll establish your plans. That's because when we commit to the Lord, our plans align with his. Commit to Christ and he'll give you success, true success that's found in him. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit getanchor.com.